0: Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy as a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Rising Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show. Hi, my favorite people. Listen, y'all have been going in with last week's episode. If you have not listened to Janae's um, episode with me last week called Obedience Saved My Life, you need to listen. If you have ever gone through a heartbreak even to the point of calling off an engagement, my girl went into detail about her therapy experience and just talked in a very raw and real way. She dropped Major Jim sis. so you want to make sure you listen to that podcast. I will link it below if you have not listened to it. And keep sharing it with others. I have seen y'all share and hello to all my new listeners that have found me from that episode in particular. So thank you so much. A couple of announcements before we jump into this week's episode, make sure you share the podcast with your friends and others. Thank you so much. If you have been sharing it, I appreciate you a million and one times. That just continues to um, get the podcast out to other people so we can just share the good news of the kingdom. And it just makes me so happy also continue to share and tag me on social media I love seeing y'all's posts it just warms my heart and then also if you're listening on Apple iTunes make sure you leave a review I love to hear your specific quotes and everything that you're saying about the podcast so thank you so much all right so let's get into this week's episode So you can already tell by the title, I'm going to go in with y'all. In particular, this podcast, make sure you have a pen and piece of paper, sis. If you don't have a pen and piece of paper, just listen and then re-listen back with a pen and piece of paper because you are going to want to take notes. This podcast will be a little bit scripture heavy at the top, but it's going to be full of tips and tricks and all these things. And I'm really, really praying that... The reason it's going to be scripture heavy is for context and just really providing an arrow of truth. And I pray the Holy Spirit enlightens you um, to do so. So I'm going to be talking about one of the things that probably everybody and their mama struggle with is consistency and really like how to be consistent with God. And so I know that it can be Challenging. I'm not going to say hard because challenging is a better word because I feel like we can overcome challenges. When we have the perspective that things are hard, it can be really a stifling thought process. When we look at being consistent as hard, it's challenging. So I know that um, I'm going to talk about something that is very near and dear to my heart, which is being and being before God and spending time with him. I used to think that spending time with God was a duty and a chore. Spending time with God can be challenging if you have a lot of distractions, if you feel overwhelmed and have a lack of clarity, you don't know what to do when you get in front of your Bible, you don't have anyone to kind of help you hold hold yourself accountable with this, you have a hard time feeling like you understand God and wanting to get to know him and seek his face you know, it's it's hard to actually get to your quiet time. You sometimes may even feel like you may not get anything out of your quiet time. And there's just a lack of discipline and needing help. And truly, honestly, there may just be some outright laziness. Like, let's just be honest. And so I really want to help you Understand the importance of being consistent with God, having a specific devotional time with him. I have five points that I'm going to share. I'm going to pray in Jesus name. I get through all of them, but I really want to paint this picture for you about the importance of having a devotional time with God and things and tips you can do to create that time with him and be consistent to where it doesn't have to be a duty or chore. But I really, really just like in point number one, I want to deal with your perspective So how do you look at your time with God? It's important that you understand that time with God is essential to your walk with him. It's almost like you saying you're in a relationship with somebody, but you never talk to them and you never see them. Like that's like honestly outright impossible. That can't be possible. So what I want to just tell you is how to look at your time with God. So we're going to start Matthew 6. And six, it says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And so we have to look at the fact that God promises that we, when we get into our secret place with him, he rewards us. Like that scripture simply says, what's done in secret, he will reward you. So it's a reward, to even be in front of God. And so if I'm just going to talk about Jesus, quiet time was necessary for him. Like he absolutely always, always, listen to me, sis, always made time for God. It. I don't care if it was early in the morning, late in the evening. If you a morning person, holler at your girl, cause I am one. But in the evening time, don't catch me trying to do nothing. I'm going to be asleep, okay? But it's okay if you're at night out because it even talked about Jesus in the Bible praying to God at night. So I'm just going to go over some quick scriptures that talked about this because we can't make excuses to say, well, I'm not a morning person or I'm too tired in the evening or I'm up all night anyway. I can't get up in the morning. Like, you can find time for what you want to find time for. And so... Get into the mindset of understanding that it was necessary for Jesus, who was God in the flesh, to be before his father. and so Mark 6:46 says, after bidding them a farewell, he left to the mountain. he left for the mountain to pray. Luke 6 and 12, it was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray. He spent the whole night in prayer to God. Mark 1:35. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Luke 5 and 16. But Jesus himself would slip away to the wilderness and pray. And in that, even that last scripture makes me like wonder what was probably going on beforehand that would make Jesus want to slip away. Like When I think of slipping away, I'm thinking I got to have a minute to myself before I I just kind of, I don't say lose it, but just need to like get away for a minute. And he, even him, he himself knew the importance of getting away to be before the father. So a part of this perspective, seeking God is where we find clarity for everything. I'm going to tell y'all a story. So this week was a little bit rough for you, girl. Um, I will be candid and say I usually have a good routine with God. I'm like very much so somebody that is all about making sure I get in front of God. But I struggled this week. I will say I spent Monday with God, but I don't think I picked my Bible back up until like maybe Friday morning, I want to say. And again, I'm somebody who has a routine. I have a morning routine. My husband knows. I'm up early. And the reason I struggled this week was because I honestly just allowed the things that were happening throughout the week to just overwhelm me. And I felt like I don't feel like being in front of God. Like that was my true thought process. And part of that reason was because I was just, one, wanting immediate like answers from God, for one, if I'm going to be honest. And two, I was just like, I, I had this thought process that I was like, if I get before God, he's not gonna answer me. Like I truly felt like, even though I know God answers if I ask him, but there are times where he may not speak, and there are, and that makes me sometimes feel like it was like, Well, are you gonna answer me? And so I had um just a lot going on, just a lot going on, and I felt so overwhelmed emotionally I had not felt like that in a long when I say a long time it had probably been like a really long time and so my feelings my feelings really just were overtaken and I allowed that to impact my actions in the way that I was feeling but truly my thought process was just like I don't feel like a guy like I just don't feel like saying what i'm feeling i feel just like distant from you you're not talking to me you're not saying anything or this is not changing or the situation that's happening isn't changing so it's like what do i else do i need to do this episode of the therapies of christian podcast is brought to you by the seven day time with god challenge so as y'all are hearing in this episode you know i love spending time with god But for everybody, it's sometimes a struggle and you may not know exactly what you need to do when you get in front of your Bible, what to study, a good structure for you. You're in a busy season. You don't know what to do. Sis, I got you. I got you, girl. This is where the seven day time with God challenge comes in. I will be doing in this seven days two live webinars where I will be teaching you how to set up your time with God and also how to study the Bible that only those that sign up are going to be able to have access to. You will also be placed in an accountability group where you'll have access to me to ask questions and all the other ladies that are part of the challenge to share encouragement, what you're learning in your time with God, accountability, and just pure interaction with each other. We will also be doing prayer calls. You'll have access to all of the resources that I'm sharing. Tons of lists of tools, devotional recommendations, and so much more. I really want you to be a part of this. Time with God does not have to be hard or challenging if we just have a simple structure. And I want to take all of that off you by giving this to you and letting it be super, super simple. We start on February 9, 2020, and I'm only taking 15 ladies. So sign up in the link below and you'll get immediate access to all of the materials and info. I can't wait to see you. Now, let's get back to the show. And so I I found myself very overwhelmed, very tired. And so I ended up talking to one of my good friends. And she, um, you know, there are certain people that I feel like I can talk to. But there's not not a lot of people you can talk to about everything. And so when it comes to, like, spiritual things, um, I can talk to her about this. But also give the um, perspective of real life. And so... I just went in and I just truly said what I felt. And this was, this is the value of relationships. When you can have somebody hold the mirror back up to you and say, but what have you done? And I was like, well, I know I haven't spent time with God. And she's like, that's your answer. You, you can't ignore the very thing that's going to help you. And I think it's so easy for us to say, God, I got this. Like, I got this, Lord. Like, I don't have to, I don't have to talk to you, bro. Like, I don't have to. And so what I realized was that being before God immediately that next day, I felt so much better. I felt such a weight lift off of me. And I didn't realize You know, it was probably because I just hadn't had one of those moments in a long time where I didn't press in. And two, I'm realizing my season has changed. So many of the things that I used to do, I have to kind of switch up now. And that's something I'm seeking God about. But seeking God is where we find clarity. And that's where we find clarity for everything. Matthew 6 and 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you. Psalms 11 Psalms 119 105 says your lamp is a your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path if i'm not reading the word or seeking the word there's no way i'm basically walking around in the dark i have no enlightenment at all second timothy 3 16 through 17 says all scripture is breathed out of god and profitable for teaching for reproach for correction and training for righteousness. The man of God that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. And I'll be frank. I was struggling with just work, um, purpose, and feeling like, to be quite honest, sometimes feeling like is what I'm doing purposeful. Is the time I'm putting into doing the things that I'm doing, knowing the array of things that I do, purposeful? And, you know, that's I realized that was a suggestion from the enemy that I had to rebuke and just ask God for um clarity on and why that why I was feeling that way because it again, it always goes like when I got in front of God finally, I realized like I have been tripping, okay, do you hear me and bless God for just finding people to come talk to you, but just truly I didn't realize like how much I needed to get in front of the word and like hear the truth the truth is in the word that is where God's words are that is where God's character is, and so. If his word says it's profitable for teaching, correction, training, and righteousness so that the man of God may be complete. Like I'm thinking to myself, completeness is having everything and equipped for every good work. If that's what scripture does, if scripture equips us to do the things that we're called to do, why would we not seek it? Period. Hebrews 4 and 16 let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in the in find grace to help in time of need. Like it, confidence. I really don't even think that we have to really pay attention. We have to pay attention to the words that are being used in these scriptures. Let us then with confidence. Having trust, that's what confidence means, having trust and being able to know that we can go to God and say, we need mercy and grace. I need your help and I need your unmerited favor. I need your forgiveness. I need to be able to to have strength in a time of need, Lord God. So we have to draw near the throne of grace. And then Philippians four and six, which we all know the scripture, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication and supplication means petition and petition is, is telling God what you need prayer and telling God what you need with thanksgiving, thanking him that he's going to give it to you. Let your request be made known to him. And so we make time when we make time to have devotion and be before God, we open the space for him to speak to us. And build relationship and give him our burdens. But seeking God and looking looking to know... The, the problem that I'm really realizing is that we don't truly know our identity. We don't know that we are called by God. Like, I'll say this. We don't believe that we are called by God. Some of us are struggling with just believing that we're God's child. Or we're angry about something that has occurred. And so we look at God with such a flawed perspective out of probably having a right reason to, but at the same time we don't go to God to say, heal my feelings about you. Heal my feelings about what it is that I'm struggling. that's blocking me from getting to you. How am I not getting to you? And so when we don't open the space, we block the, all the promises like Going back to the scripture, it says, but when you go, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. What is done in secret is the vulnerability. It's laying before God and saying, okay, I'm here. Or sometimes it's literally just saying, God, I don't know what to do in this situation. I really, really, really need your help. Can you help me? And sometimes the perspective or the thing that we are expecting God to do may not come the way we want it. But God still will show up. But it's we don't even have the confidence in that because we haven't spent time with him. So we become overwhelmed and we shut down. And we become overwhelmed and shut down. And then we're questioning God as to why we feel the way we feel. Or we're saying to him, like, if I just didn't have all these things to do, I would be able to do this, 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 this. And it's like, well, what are you making time for? Like, we make time for everything under the sun. But time we got. I know for me in the morning, sometimes I make extra time for sleep because I'd be tired. But I need to probably get up. It's about the discipline and being consistent. And so my perspective that I want to offer you is is that it's necessary for us to have quiet time. It's a necessity in our devotion to the Father. So triggers for distraction, which I want to talk about, because I think. Just in providing some self-awareness, like, let's be real, sis. Let's name it, name what it is, okay? Truly, one of the top distractions, if not top two, is our phones, okay? That phone, the phone, sis, as much as it can be a blessing, as much as it connects us to people, It is one of the biggest distractions ever. And so I want to provide just a couple quick tips of some things that I have done that have helped me when I am in front of God or I'm in my quiet time with the Lord, but also some things that may help you cut out some of this as a cut the phone distractions down. So when I'm in my time with God, there have been moments where I have put my phone on the other side of the room. Especially in my beginning when I was building up this routine, putting my phone on the other side of the room literally saved my life. What I would do would would be I would set a timer. So if I was doing 30 minutes, I would set a timer, put it on the other side of the room and leave it there. Now with the um, devotions where they're on your phone, one of the things that you can do is... um, like write down the scriptures, like read the devotion, write down the scriptures and put your phone away and then um do study the scriptures. Another thing you could do is sign out out of all the distraction apps, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, your email. Shut down those apps or sign out of them so that you don't have to feel so tempted to sign into them when it's time for you to get in front of God. Another thing I did about. I want to say it was about 5 or 6 years ago. I want to, it was before I went to grad school. Was I turned off all the push notifications on my phone. Now, I left the text messages, the missed calls, um what else did I leave? I I feel like I leave my email up, but I only do it for I only do the banner for my email, but I don't do it on my lock screen. So like I, I turned, I literally turned off every notification for any app that I use. The reason why is because Instagram, Facebook, I don't get notifications. People like pictures or send me messages or tag me. The reason is because when that comes on the front of my phone, I'm so more tempted to go to that app to look at, Whatever and might find myself lost in the sauce on the app for so many so so, for so much time. So I would only look at the notifications unless until I logged into the app. That has that by far itself has saved me so much distraction because what has now occurred is that it's quieted the front of my phone. So I don't in the morning when I wake up I don't really see. Any of the any of the notifications unless I log into the app. And so if you turn off all the notifications for all your apps. Now, I would say you probably need to figure out which ones. But most of my apps, when I download something, I don't accept push notifications. I just don't. I don't. Unless it's like a motivational app or something I may do. But I still even then like I'm not subscribed to the Bible app notification. sis. none of that. Because I don't want the distraction. I only particularly choose the notifications that are helpful to me. So like my vitamin check every single day, I do that. Um, But I don't do that. And that has saved me so much. So when I'm in my time with God, I'm not so distracted by all of the notifications that come up. So the phone is a distraction. Another trigger for distractions are our own insecurities or our fear. We believe that for some reason, we believe God is mad at us. Like, that's a true statement I heard. I don't want to talk to God because I feel like God is mad at me. Like, God's thoughts towards you are so, 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 so loving. Like, he's not mad. If anything, he wants to... Let you ask for forgiveness, so he can help you. So, Psalm sixteen and eleven, you make known to me my path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. In God's presence there is joy. Why would there be anger, like at all? Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, "For I know the thoughts I think towards you," says the Lord, "thoughts of peace, and not of evil." To give you future and a hope. We say that, but like all these, you know, goal setting things, but really think about it's like God's thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace. When you think of peace, you're not thinking of anything like anger, thoughts of peace. First John 4 and 18 says, there is no love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. I looked up the Greek Hebrew meaning of torment and it basically means, um, well, first, the meaning of torment means severe physical or mental suffering. So we're allowing the enemy to torment us mentally, making us think that God is mad at us, which is why we don't come to him. And so when I looked up what the Greek Hebrew meaning of torment meant, and it literally meant punishment. And it's basically saying there's no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. So we think that if I go to God, God is going to hurt me or God is going to punish me. And so this is the word that God gave to me when I was writing this out. I was literally in the coffee shop and he said this to me. He said, why would I punish my people for their desire to spend time with me? I want to redeem them forgive them, and help them be on a better path. They fear that I will hurt them when I love them. I died for them so that they could have a relationship with me. I took their punishment on the cross. I just want their time so I can bless them with a relationship with me. I can take care of all that they are struggling with. I want to take care of them forever. I want to, I want them to believe I will. And so, God is saying, like, why would I punish you for your desire to spend time with me? The result of spending time with me is forgiveness. It is redemption. It is God making us righteous in his eyes. Like, that is the result of that. And it's a continuous thing. God has made us righteous through Jesus. And so if there's forgiveness and time with him, why would God be angry if you spend time with him? that's a lie from the enemy and so I bind it in the name of Jesus but we also and I'm gonna flip this I'm gonna flip this on y'all we can't be out here overwhelmed because we're walking and walking blindly like people that are not spending time with God and I will I to say this spending time with God always filters the truth from the false it's important for us to understand that the times we live in we are bombarded with information. We are bombarded with all types of things. And if we aren't careful, we can become so accustomed to all the noise that we never know what it's like to be quiet. But truly, we have to stop making excuses for why we don't give God time, but blame him for the reason that everything wrong is happening. Listen, our feelings will lie to us if if they're not checked under God. And I'm not talking about um, unprocessed feelings, about, you know, trauma and things that people have gone through, because I understand that feeling. But truly understand, it is pride when we say, oh, I'm not going to spend time with God because of this, 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 or blame God for all these things. Because truly, like, we're basically saying, God, I can do this without you. And it may be unknowingly, but you got to go before God and say, Father, I need you. Forgive me thinking I can't do this without you. That alone is an invitation to God's grace. But truly, time with God has to be valuable to you. It has to be important to you, it has to be personal to you. Otherwise, you just won't do it. We make again we make time for what we want to make time for. But also, we need to create boundaries with our time. You're tired, but you're not going to the very place that gives you rest. You're overwhelmed. But you're not going to the very one that can teach you the strategies on how to be able to rest or have rest or be able to know how to rest. Exodus 33 and 14 says, and he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Jesus also said too, like, come to me, all who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Like we're over when we're overwhelmed. We have not been offered the space of God to give us rest and peace. Another trigger for distraction is our to-do list. So one of the strategies that I uh, teach in my time with God challenge is different things that you can do to uh, when you're in your when you're actually in your time with God to alleviate distractions. And so to-do list is one of those things. So I keep post-it notes or in my journal that I journal in every day to God. I make a small little box in the top right corner of my journal and there when I'm writing, because it's almost like, girl, I been, I don't never had this many things on my mind to do but as soon as I get into prayer and time with God, I got a million and one things that I need to do. And so what I do is I write the to-do list in that small box or on a post-it note next to me and as I'm writing and spend time with God, I'll just write that thing down because I don't want to stop and do it and then end up becoming distracted. And so um, to-do lists are also another distraction. Also, wake up 30 to 45 minutes before you um, get in front of God. Like, time with God doesn't have to be super long. Like, let me just say, you don't have spend three hours. You can. Like, let's just be honest, you can't. But that's not sometimes realistic for every single person. And so one of the tips that I will say for is as, as a as a way to start this is wake up 15 20, 30 minutes earlier and start slow. If it's a struggle for you to spend time with God daily, don't shoot for the hill and try to do it every day. Start two to three days a week and work your way up. In the interim, you could listen to some sermons. You could listen to some worship music in your car and praise God. Like There are ways where you can incorporate time with God that doesn't have to be like super, super... I got to do this seven days a week. Like you, Eventually, you will. because You're going to get to a point where you just crave God's presence and you're going to want to spend time with him. But if it's hard for you, start two to three days a week and work your way up. You got to be realistic. Also, if you're an early morning person, cut your time in half by doing some things at night. That could be like taking a shower at night, putting your clothes out in the morning, making your lunch beforehand. Do all those things at night so in the morning, your get ready time is cut in half. And that way you can wake up at the same time, but still have time with God in the morning. Another um, trigger for distraction is if you're a night owl or you're somebody that's up late at night, start by like, don't just be up on your phone. Start maybe incorporating some journaling. Start your like journaling about your day and in the interim turning on some worship music. Put the kids to bed early. Because the kids probably is a distraction. Okay? I don't have that yet, but I'm pretty sure. Get in your closet. I have a friend who literally gets in her closet, put her kids in the bathtub and go get in her closet and have her quiet time. Like that's important. If at night you have so many things you're doing, start cutting some of those distractions out to be able to get in front of God. Another thing that could be a distraction, you don't have any accountability. Get an accountability partner, have a friend call you and say, Sis, are you up? and you and her hold each other accountable in the morning to your individual time with God or you can have a friend you and her call and you y'all pray together in the morning and then from that prayer time you both individually spend time with God make it a competition make it a game like girl let me see how many days I got up like we going we going to play this out and it could be something of whoever has done the most we go out to dinner and you pay or something like that. Just make it fun, but also make it enjoyable because then at that point, y'all can go to dinner and share about what you've been learning from being in front of God. That could be a fun way to do it, okay? So I'm gonna get into some tools now and I'm gonna have the links to all of this information for you down below. Um, But I'm gonna give you some tools. This is point number three. So you need to get a good Bible, sis. Like, let's just be honest. You can't be out here not having a five Bible. You need a really good study Bible, if I'm just going to be um, honest about what kind of Bible. So there are two Bibles I always recommend to people. My favorite Bible by far is the John MacArthur Study Bible. The reason I like this Bible is because it literally breaks down... The Verse, but not only does it break down the verse, there are specific scripture words and like sc- specific words in the verse that he will. He is John MacArthur, he's the commentary/slash author of the commentary in the Bible. That's why I said he, but um, he will break down even more the words and then give scripture references. This is, I've had this Bible literally since I was 18, so almost 10 years. I bought three um new one since then and my husband when we got married got me another one with my new name engraved so I've had this bible the specific bible for a long time and have used it so much I love it so much But also another Bible is the Life Application Bible. If you're interested, that one I've heard is really, really, really good. Um, And I have a lot of people that I know that use that Bible. Um, You can get the NLT version, which is the New Living Testament version. I love that translation of the Bible. The John MacArthur comes in the English Standard Version and the New King James Version, which is the one that I use, the New King James. But also, if you're um, reading different translations, the Bible app is amazing, okay? You also need a journal. You need to take notes. Just saying, if you're an electronic person, um, you can use the notes app on your phone. I'm just old school and I write. It's just the best way for me to remember stuff. That's just how I do it. But you can always use a journal if that's necessary for you. Also, post-it notes. I mean, I, girl, post-it notes are a saving right. Like, let's just be honest. Probably too many is not good, but post-it notes are good, especially for the to-do list. The reason why, too, you can leave the post-it note in the journal and you can take the journal with you throughout the day. Or when you're done, if you leave it in the journal, you can pull it off and then put it in your planner or put it in a to-do list on your phone. The post-it note is just really good for like little notes and things that you need to write while you're doing your time. A timer, if needed, you can use a timer on your phone or if you're like me, I'm someone that has my computer when I spend time with God. I use a timer on my MacBook. A timer is really super helpful, especially for the structure that I'm going to give you at the end on, on actually how to structure your time with God. And so I'm going to share with you all the actual structure that I use. And I use a timer to be able to sometimes quickly get through the things in the morning that I need to get through when I spending time with him. Soft piano music. Um, I use Dappy Keys. Love him. Bomb. Bomb. He just has really soft, good worship um, piano. And by far, like, love it. He's available on Apple, iTunes, as well as YouTube. And I'll link both of those below. Devotionals are also a good tool if you're someone that needs, like, a... um, an outline of, of some sort to describe something in scripture references It's really, really, really good. Devotionals are bomb, too, by the way. So one of the things I wanted to talk about in point number four was time of day. It's important to know what works best for you. And you may need to ask God. Because not everybody is more, are morning people and not everybody are night people. Some people are midday people where you have a peak of energy in the midday. You're more focused in the midday. I don't know, sis. I'm a morning person. Some people are not going to get up at 430 like me every morning. When I say 430, I get looked at real crazy, which is fine because it works for me. But that may not be your season, sis. Okay, It may not be your ministry to wake up at 430. Catch me in the bed at eight thirty, okay? I'm not up really past ten o'clock. For all my night owls, I don't see how you function this, okay? But again, that ain't my ministry, so don't try to compare what I do, as in what it has to be for you. You may just need to ask God, like, what are you at? Where are you at? But also asking Him what season you're in. What are the times like? For my people who have kids, like. That's a different season for me because I don't have kids. And so there is a difference in my time and having more flexibility. Whereas for you, you may have to plan around your kids going to sleep or having time at work to spend time with God. So you have to know what works best for you. But overall, consistency is vital. There are also times where you may be going hard in the paint and fasting and praying, but then there are going to be seasons God's going to say, take it light. Like, that's why it's important for us to know this. Like, I'm kind of in a season where I'm having to go hard in the paint a little bit. And so my routine has changed. Like, it's different for me now. I'm finding myself having to, you know, pray during the day, which is something I never really did, but like blocking time off to pray in the middle of the day and do things that are outside of my routine. But asking for help is necessary, especially if you don't understand um, or need somebody to walk you through this process. Um, And I think that's why I was saying like, it's important for you to be able to know your structure and know what's helpful for you, which is why I always say the Time With God Challenge is amazing for those that need that structure and assistance. Um, time of day. You're, you could be morning, you could be night. Do you do better at work? Is your job very flexible where you're able to like stop in the middle of the day and spend time with God during your lunchtime? It also may be helpful for you to know how you hear from God. I haven't read this book personally, so I will say that. But I know that Tatum of Blessed and Bossa Podcast always suggests this book for people who want to understand how to hear from God, which is Joyce Meyer's book, How to Hear from God. Phenomenal tool. I've used it and given it away in my previous time with God Challenge. So definitely link that below for you. Also the book, which is amazing, Discerning the Voice of God by Priscilla Shire. She also has a whole Bible study on discerning the voice of God. And so I will link that book for you below as well. And lastly, point number five, we are going to wrap up after this, is structure. So I believe everything has a structure, especially in your time with God. Now, it can be fluid. It can be open based off of whatever your relationship like is with God. But for me, God knows I need structure, okay? So I'm going to paint a picture for you of an actual structured time with God, what that looks like, where you can get literally 25 minutes up to an hour with him. And in between that time, you can tailor it however, but if you just need 25 minutes with him, this is a structure you can follow. Okay. So here it is. Worship, which is five to 10 minutes. Journaling, which is five to 10 minutes. And reading and prayer, which is 15 to 30 minutes. Reason I say worship first And this can change based off whatever, like I said, but this is kind of the outline and structure that I use. I use worship as my place to open my heart to him. And also hear God through music. I'm a person that loves to get into the mindset of being with God. And so what helps me is worship music. And so I usually turn on a worship music song for about five to 10 minutes. I know what songs get me in the presence of God, okay? If you need a worship playlist, I will link below my actual worship playlist that I use every single day for you to be able to utilize But I turn that on, play a couple songs, get into the presence of God, just really, really listen to the words that the people are saying. And what happens is my heart is humbled and open to him. The next one is journaling. Everybody's not a journaler, and that's totally fine, sis. You can pull this out completely. You may not be a journaler, and that's fine. But I do say, if you are someone that enjoys the journal, write out what you're thinking. Write out what is happening, what you're, what you're petitioning and asking God that you want him to fix or do, what things you need forgiveness about. Do that for five to ten minutes. And then lastly, reading and prayer. Listen. This should be the bulk of your time. This should be the time where you're really interceding, where you are reading some scriptures. I have a ton of tips as far as reading scriptures and how to study the Bible in my time with God challenge. So you are going to be able to get so much out of this time, which is why it has the bulk of the time. The good thing is then you've done your worship, you've done your journaling. So you're open to God now to be able to receive what it is that you want to say or what he wants to say through his word. Through praying and through openness to Him. And so this is the structure I utilize. Gets me the best results with getting my time with God. And I like this because it's simple, it's easy. Worship journal, read, pray. Worship journal, read your devotional, read the scriptures and pray. Worship journaling, prayer, and then opening your Bible to read. It could be reading or or prayer. Worshiping, journaling, reading. It can be switched up. But this is a basic structure where you can get five, I mean twenty-five to twenty-five minutes to an hour with God, and it's so helpful. So in closing, you can do this. Sis. But understand your devotional time with God is such a vital key to your relationship with him. That is our survival as Christians is being able to listen, hear, and know who God is. That's how we build our faith. If you have any questions, please send them to me via DM or Christian at gmail.com. I love you all and I will see you next week.